If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now that story of Jake and Emma D'Souza is very much back in the headlines from uh, yesterday. You may remember the background to this. Back in 2015, um, Mr D'Souza, Jake D'Souza, had attempted to secure a residence card for the United Kingdom. And that was under European law. And his wife, Emma, was uh, sponsoring his application as a European Economic Area National. That's the backdrop to that. However, the immigration regulations define apparently that sponsoring a European Economic Area National, any the person doing the sponsoring must be a citizen of an EEA state, a European Economic Area state, who is not also a British citizen. And as the Home Office uh, considered uh, Mrs D'Souza, Emma, as a British citizen, it found that she did not meet the required definition and rejected the application. And she, of course, had the uh, option to assert British citizenship to secure residency for her husband under UK domestic immigration uh, rules as opposed to EU law. But she believes that she is Irish and was never British. Born in Maherfeld, never British. You'll understand her argument, Niall O'Donnell, I presume? I, I do, uh, Frank, and thanks very much for covering it, because I do think it is an important story, and to be fair, your programme and others have given uh, consistent uh, coverage as it has developed throughout uh, the case. And keep in mind that it was actually the first two tiers of the tribunal that uh, AMA won, uh, and the appeal route now is also uh, open to her. So I'm sure that's something that she and Jake and, and their legal team will be considering uh, moving forward. But this goes right through the crux. Uh, of the Good Friday Agreement, uh, the full realisation and indeed the full implementation of the Good Friday Agreement because when the Irish government moved to codify codify, uh, in law the citizenship clause, it has transpired uh, and it's little wonder that um, Michel Barnier is so keen to get legal taxed um, in terms of his own negotiations, but it has come to pass that uh, the British government never codified uh, in law the citizenship clauses of the Good Friday Agreement. So that's at the moment. I've also got Jim Allister from the TUV who I'm sure will have absolutely the opposite interpretation of the status of Ms D'Souza. Jim Allister, good morning. Good morning. Um, she's won twice in the courts. Now uh, the uh, she's, she's lost uh, this particular uh, element of the courtroom battle which seems to be uh, continuing. Uh, you'd be very much in favour with the latest outcome. It's not how you start in the courts, it's how you finish, of course. Um, I think this is such a nonsense story. Uh, Fundamentally, nationality law is entirely different from the subject matter that's covered in the Belfast Agreement relating to identity, which does generously bestow upon anyone living in this part of the United Kingdom the right to choose to, to 
they'd regard themselves as Irish or British or both. But none of that can change the nationality uh, specification, which flows from the constitutional position of Northern Ireland as part of the United Kingdom. If you're part of the United Kingdom and you're born into the United Kingdom, then whatever identity you ultimately choose to aspire to or to proclaim, you are born a British citizen. It's a fundamental of nationality law. It's not something that for the Belfast Agreement could change or did change. And therefore the current ruling is logical, it's legal and it's right. Niall O'Donnell. Yeah, well, I'm always amused, <coughs> excuse me, I'm always amused, Frank, that Jim thinks it's such an awesome story, but then goes out of the way to come on the radio about it. Uh, and of course, uh, I suppose the other uh, option here is that we're not finished in the courts just yet, uh, and this could finish uh, at uh, the highest European uh, level uh, in terms of adjudication uh, on this judgment. So it, it remains to be seen, but the, the, I mean, there's no one, Jim, a court, anyone else, I think at this stage in 2019, going to impose unwanted uh, British citizenship or identity uh, onto anyone else. And I say that with the greatest respect to my neighbours and your listeners who are uh, British and who uh, adhere to that citizenship. But this doesn't just uh, impact on people like myself and Emma who identify uh, solely uh, as Irish and seek to be accepted, as the Good Friday Agreement says, solely as Irish, but also that very unique uh, aspect of the uh, Good Friday Agreement that allows people to identify as Irish, British or both. So there's quite a, a substantial number of people in our society who are quite comfortable and quite content in being both British and Irish. So this also impacts on them. It confers onto their Irishness a lesser standard, which of course is very worrying. And the Irish government, and I was encouraged by the Tonish's tweet last night that he raised this with the Secretary of State, they need to be very vocal in terms of their intervention under Bunrak Naharan uh, the Irish Constitution, which confers onto all of us born on the island the right to be part uh, of the Irish nation. So a very fundamental right is the right uh, to your citizenship, the right to hold your passport, which is explicit uh, in expressing uh, your citizenship. But obviously our Irishness and our sense of Irishness and our place in Ireland runs much deeper uh, than that. This is merely uh, a mechanical uh, exercise in, in the form of the Good Friday Agreement to, I suppose, move our, help move our society beyond conflict and to uh, show in the eyes of the world and that there are people here, obviously, who are Irish and should, and I expect will ultimately uh, be accepted solely as Irish, as, as they should be. And, and Jim Allister, you know, Emma D'Souza, she, she won that case in 2017 against the, the Home Office. Uh, it was deemed that uh, she was British when her US-born husband, uh, Jake, applied for the, the residence uh, card. Uh, but the Immigration Appeal yesterday, uh, the, the, the tribunal, the Immigration Tribunal yesterday, it upheld uh, an, an appeal. So it is going to continue through the courts. Are you concerned that the intervention from the Tonish to Simon Coveney may lead to the, the British government clarifying that Emma is actually Irish. Well, we're used to Mr Coveney meddling mischievously. Uh, I'm not surprised that he's at it again. But it does come back to the fundamental that 
if, the, if Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom, of course, that's the problem that your other contributor has. They don't really uh, uh, accept that Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom. They, they live in this fantasy that it's part of the Irish Republic, and it's not. But if Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom, then uh, there comes with that the inescapable uh, nationality definement of British. Now, you can renounce that if you're not happy with it. Those, uh, you know, I don't see too many renouncing the British pounds in their pocket, but they can renounce their uh, uh, citizenship if they wish, uh, and the Irish Republic affords them a citizenship. As it is, uh, they can carry two passports or one passport, but you cannot change the fundamental of nationality law that defining defined by where you're born flows your default position on nationality. And that, of course, because they can't afford to have a Brit about the place, they can't tolerate that, uh, is what's driving the mentality that says, oh, no, 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 our identity means our nationality, when it doesn't. Uh, uh, you know, they were born in Northern Ireland, they were born into part of the United Kingdom, therefore they were born British. They want to change that, they change that. Uh, but you cannot uh, fight that reality, and that's the fundamental of nationality law, and so it should remain. Uh, and Alan O'Donnell, does Jim Allister not have a, a point there that Emma could have rejected her British citizenship, but she argues she was never British? It, it, it's, it's a catch-22, is it not? Well, I mean, I'm not dismissing at all the, the complexities uh, in terms of the legalities of this. Uh, Frank, I've been involved with the D'Souza's from very early on in terms of their campaign. And I don't want to get into uh, Jim's kind of silly dismissal of, of people's very dearly and deeply held uh, sense of identity in place. But an important point to make is that the uh, last British Prime Minister, Theresa May, actually announced a review into this uh, situation when she spoke at the Waterfront Hall, I think, possibly in February uh, of this year. Uh, so I would be very keen, and I'm sure the Tanisha would be very keen uh, to uh, see where that review uh, is currently at, because the notion that Jim says that you can't change nationality uh, law isn't the case, because the Irish government, who uh, Jim is so dismissive of, actually amended and codified in law the aspects uh, of the Good Friday Agreement would allow uh, for citizens to adhere properly to those uh, clauses. And I suppose the other uh, element is this, despite the point I made earlier about people who want to identify as British and Irish and, and that not being on a par, uh, and, and that's wrong. But Jim said last week on the media we're in the waiting room uh, to a United Ireland. I want to ensure that in a United Ireland and a changed Ireland, that the Good Friday Agreement continues to reign supreme in terms of people's identity and right to access their citizenship uh, and, and what means the most uh, to them. So what I want to ensure is that there is no disparity, there is no imbalance that in that changed Ireland uh, down the line, that people like Jim, people who are born uh, in uh, Ireland, will still be able to avail of British citizenship because it's there in the Good Friday Agreement. It's what we all agreed to. So this is a quite stark not just anomaly, but I think a deliberate uh, decision by the British government not to codify in law this very fundamental and very basic right. And I think you will start to see a growing uh, discontentment uh, with that. And I think you'll start to see uh, uh, the British government coming under uh, pressure, not just from uh, uh, the Tommies, but indeed from people who I think, if you looked at social media last night, were absolutely aghast 
you know, aghast 21 years after the Good Friday Agreement that such a such a fundamental issue uh, would remain so uh, screamingly unresolved as it is in the case uh, of Ahmed D'Souza. So this is resolvable. Um, the review from the British government needs to come to light sooner rather than later because in the context that we are in, whether it's our Irish citizenship or our EU citizenship very crit- critically, which we have been assured we won't be lost, uh, we need clarity and we need uh, surety. Uh, Nan O'Donnell, thank, just, thank sorry, you very just, much. Just, yeah, Jim, I'm, 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 I'm coming back to you. Go, go ahead, I have a question for you, but go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, just let me pick up on one point. You know, all that sounds very plausible, but when you drill down to it, it's riddled with hypocrisy because you cannot be born in the Irish Republic and be decreed a citizen of the United Kingdom. Yet that is exactly uh, what people want for those born in the United Kingdom, that they can be decreed never to have been British citizens, but to at all times to have been Irish citizens. So there's no quid pro quo here. But the fundamental is this. Because nationality flows from constitutional identity and constitutional reality of being part of the United Kingdom, what has been asked for, that you can be decreed not to be a British citizen, but to be an Irish citizen, fundamentally undermines that constitutional position and effectively says that Northern Ireland is both part of the United Kingdom and part of the Irish Republic. Well, sorry, the Belfast Agreement is supposed to acknowledge and accept that we are part of the United Kingdom alone. End of, as far as the constitutional position is concerned. And those who are arguing for this extension are demanding that, in fact, they are not part, Northern Ireland is not part of the United Kingdom, but at the recipient's choice, it can be viewed either as part of a foreign jurisdiction, the Irish Republic, or can be part of the United Kingdom. You can't have it both ways. And that's what nationality law comes down to. It doesn't stop anyone renouncing their citizenship. Uh, 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 all that is available, but it is something that is in tow inextricably with the constitutional position. And just one other question to you, uh, Jim Allister, considering that Niall O'Donnell said that some time in the recent past you made the reference that we're in the waiting room for a, a United Ireland. Are you concerned about developments across the water during today and the meeting of the DUP with the, the, the members of government uh, last night? Do you, do, you have, do you have concerns about announcements that may be made today? Well, I made the comment of being in a waiting room for United Ireland if we are pushed onto the window edge of the union with uh, GB, whereby we're subject to someone else's customs union and someone else's single market, then that's the, the waiting room that I was referring to. Yes, I am concerned, of course, that there could be foolish concessions made which would uh, undermine our position uh, that we could end up in the worst of all worlds uh, where we are subject to trade barriers between our biggest market, GB, and Northern Ireland, where goods coming from uh, GB to Northern Ireland are subject to a regulatory border, where there's tariffs to be paid on goods coming. Those are all things that the Irish Republic is looking for, because the Irish Republic in these negotiations is trying to use the leverage to lever Northern Ireland effectively out of the United Kingdom, and that's been clear to me from day one. 
Okay. Uh, Jim Allister, we'll see how today develops. Thank you uh, very much uh, for your time. Thanks to Niall O'Donnell as well. Uh, Stephen Farries with the Alliance Party, of course. Um, uh, Stephen, we've heard uh, both sides of the, the argument, and we will, of course, uh, when you hear from the TUV and Sinn Féin, have opposing themes. Um, how do you see the position of Jake and Emma D'Souza with regards to Emma's claim that she was never, ever British, even though she was born in Marfeld? Yeah, well, I was with um, Jake and Emma yesterday, along uh, with Niall and, and some others, and it's important that we don't frame this as being a green versus orange issue. This is something that transcends everyone from, from all identities in, in Northern Ireland. And while it may well be framed today as a particular challenge for those who are seeking to identify solely as Irish, um, there may come a day, if we have a United Ireland, when we're having this debate in reverse, and people from a Unionist uh, and British background um, are objecting to automatically being deemed to be an Irish citizen. Uh, at birth, I mean, we have to recognise that Northern Ireland is a very particular and unique place. We're a contested society. We have a, a, a clash and a range of identities and people bought into the Good Friday Agreement under the very clear understanding that people could identify as British solely, Irish solely, or both British and Irish, and that citizenship would, would flow from that. I think, frankly, the, the way through this in addition to the ongoing legal challenge, I think that the, the UK and Irish governments uh, do need to, to address this. I mean, we did raise this with uh, Prime Minister May many months ago, and now I made reference there to commitments that were made about a review between the Northern Ireland office and, and the Home Office. But I think ultimately where this needs to go is a, is a some sort of form of treaty or agreement between the, the two governments. We already have the common travel area, so there have been many people um, in the UK, including Great Britain, with uh, Irish identity who have lived there most of their lives. Um, their rights um, are guaranteed through what is, in effect, a memorandum of understanding, not a formal legal, legal treaty. And... Um, once the UK leaves the European Union, if indeed that that happens, their legal status uh, may not be as secure as it previously was. So I think we need to update the common travel area and capture all these issues uh, inside a more formal treaty. And uh, just on the issue of the D'Souza's, do you think it was worth it putting themselves through what they've put themselves through to to keep this issue uh, bubbling on the on the pan? Well, I mean, they are, they are very determined uh, to, to do this uh, and to, to, see, to see this through. And for Emma, I mean, this is a very important issue of, of principle. I mean, reference has been made to the issue that, of course, she has the option of simply uh, renouncing her, her British identity. But to do that, the first words she has to write are, I am a British citizen, uh, but I, and I hereby renounce my British citizenship. But for her, she, she's never been a British citizen. So to go through that particular uh, journey is not something that uh, she's, she's capable of doing in terms of her own identity. Okay. Uh, Stephen Farry, thank you very much. Uh, 02890 105. Good morning to you. This is the U105 uh, phone-in. Uh, loads of uh, suggestions coming through from you uh, for little issues that we haven't ever covered on this programme and we'll have a long lingering uh, look at them because uh, there, there are topics that I think should be getting the light of day that maybe aren't on uh, radio. So uh, we'll have a, a look at any of the the ideas that you have. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.